Are you a mom with boys and wondering how to deal with the aggression that seems to come so naturally for them? (laughs) Well, today, uh, that is going to be our topic. Uh, Thanks so much for joining me. This is Dorenda Wilson, and you are listening to the Dorenda Wilson Podcast. If you don't know anything about me, I'm married to Daryl, and we have been married for 33 years, have eight kids, ages 18 to 32. We have nine grandkids, and we have homeschooled all of our kids from the beginning. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschooling moms. I hope you'll check those three books out if you have not already. You can find them both on Amazon. You can also find them at my website, DorendaWilson.com, and you can find The 4-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I just mentioned. So I just got back from Denver last weekend. I spent a full day with about 235 moms, and it was a wonderful, wonderful time. I did three sessions, um, spoke three times, and then did a Q&A. Um, But what a great group of moms. It is always so much fun to meet you all in person. So I have other places that I'm speaking this uh, homeschool conference season. Um, So I'm going to leave a link in the show notes for you to check out where I'm going to be. So maybe possibly we can connect. At the end of March, I will be in Kansas City, Missouri at the MPE. It's the Midwest Parent Educators Conference. I hope to see you there if you live in that area. In the end of April, I will be in Boston. In May, I will be in Alberta, Canada. In June, I'll be in Virginia, as well as back in Denver again for the Czech Conference. And then in July, I'm going to be at the Northern California um, it's Northern California Home Educators, I believe, is is the is the little acronym N C H E. Um, again, all of those will be listed on my website that you can just click on the link and go straight to the event um, to see where it is, when it is. Um, so I hope you'll do that. I would love to meet you in person. My husband usually accompanies me to just about every single one. So. Uh, If you have a a spouse and you want to bring him along as well, and uh, my husband loves to talk to homeschool dads and encourage them as well. So hopefully I'll get to see you this conference season. And if you're interested in having me speak at your conference that you attend, um, and that wasn't on the list this time, please let your conference leaders know. Um, You know, sometimes I send out a speaker packet or whatever, but often what works the best is for the attendees to tell the conference leaders, hey, this is someone we'd really like to have. And so if that's something you're interested in, just contact your state homeschool convention and or your local homeschool convention and let them know um, that you'd like to see me there. All right. So um, question for y'all, have you tried CTC math yet? I mention it pretty much in every episode, but I got a great Um, Another great testimony from a mom who is absolutely thrilled with CTC math. She said she now has her son on CTC math. She said he is my oldest of five and he loves it. He told me that he likes that he can move on faster than our previous material allowed him to move on. This also has freed me up for 20 minutes to spend more focused time with my two and three-year-olds. This is fantastic. 
Thank you for telling your podcast listeners about CTC Math. I can already tell this will be very helpful for us. So moms, if you haven't tried it out and you're thinking about maybe trying some other curriculums or you're just not happy with what you've got right now, maybe you're thinking ahead for next year, um, you want to make a change, go to ctcmath.com. You can, you, they have a free trial, and which makes it great because you can really check it out thoroughly and go, yeah, this is, this is definitely for us. So I will leave a link in the show notes, and I hope that you will go check out CTC Math. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about dealing with aggression in boys. Now, I didn't track down the letter from the mom who recently reached out to me about this, but I thought, you know, I think this is a pretty common uh, struggle for we as moms, um, and I think it's important to talk about it because we live in a culture that is just so anti-boy on every level. And I'm sure you've noticed it, but I think that sometimes we don't think that it has really impacted us like it actually has um, because it's all around us. There's a constant, constant um, pushback when it comes to boys being boys. And I'm not saying our boys should be obnoxious and shouldn't have manners and all of that. Absolutely not. They should be respectful, polite, But let's face it, they have got a kind of energy that we don't have and that our girls tend to not have. I know that there are some girls out there that are a little more tomboyish, and that's also normal because God has, of course, a broad spectrum of, you know, um, a girl can be more tomboyish, a boy can be a little more sensitive, and that's all part of the differences and the uniquenesses in how God has created our kids. But to say that there isn't a difference between them is just stupidity. It's absolute stupidity. So let's let's start by talking about the reasons for aggression in boys. Now, I don't want you to confuse this with excuses because we never want to excuse our boys to do things that are not right. Essentially, we're not going to excuse sin. So we have to be able to identify if something is sin versus It's just their nature that needs to be redirected, okay? So let's start again, back at the beginning, reasons for aggression in boys. First of all, it's how they were created. Moms, this was hardwired into their genetics. And and there was a purpose and a plan in that. But our culture is... (sighs) so against um, that kind of physical aggression that boys tend to have um, because we live in a feminized culture. So the classroom is feminized, and this is why um, I don't believe that the classroom is a good place for boys, especially in the early years, specifically. And I think this is why so many boys have been labeled ADD, ADHD. I'm not saying those things don't exist, but I remember as our kids were growing up, specifically our boys, their behavior would not have been acceptable in a traditional classroom in terms of the kind of energy they had and the way that how often it needed to be redirected. And that just mainly meant a lot of physical activity. So our boys, I gave them breaks between each subject. So when they completed math, they got 15 minutes if they wanted it to go out and jump on the trampoline, ride their bike, get some of that energy out that they have and then come back and focus again. And that worked really, really well for our boys. 
But again, this is hardwired into them. This isn't a, a defect. Um, this is part of the programming and part of the genetics that God very intentionally intended to be. They were created to be conquerors. They were created to be um, for leadership. You know, the Bible talks about men being the head of their households. Well, you can't be the head of a household if you don't have leadership skills. You can't be a good and godly head of a household if you don't have leadership skills. So I think that we need to look at the aggression in our boys and say, okay, how can we redirect this towards something good and fruitful and productive? And so in our home, what that meant was a lot of physical work for our boys from the time they were very little um, and opportunities to get that energy out, whether that was playing outside in the afternoon, taking those breaks between subjects, um, encouraging them to run, 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 run. You know, um, my grandson is a runner. I remember he went through a phase where he just ran everywhere and it's so healthy and so good for them. But again, they were wired for this. Now, if you think back on the generations and the thousands of years before us, and the situations that happened that called for this kind of aggression and leadership and um, just that conquering nature that isn't typical in a woman. Um, and these things were necessary in order for kingdoms to be conquered, for enemies to be defeated. Um, again, very much a purpose and a plan. And so I think that in our culture, given that we're not all running for our lives and we don't need at this point in time, those men to step up and physically um, protect us in the same ways that, we, that it was needed in previous generations, although we do need a certain amount of that for sure. Um, it's, we need to direct that energy in a, in a, in a productive and a, um, just a good way that is going to not make our boys feel like they are defective. And I think that is a huge message in our culture that somehow our boys are defective because they have this incredible energy. Um, I remember, uh, not didn't read the whole book, just read part of it, but it was like the most amazing thing I had ever read about boys. And it was called, the book was called The Minds of Boys, very thick, very involved. But this particular section that I read, um, it showed CAT scans of boys and girls engaged in the same activities and the parts of their brains that were were actually firing, they were firing from, were complete, almost polar opposite, completely different. This is a physiological thing. This is not a, you know, oh, they learned this and therefore that's why they, you know, function from that part of their brain. No, they were wired that way. And so that alone was such an eye-opener to me. It means everything that they go to do, they're likely going to do it very differently than I would or than probably my daughters would. And I think this is really important for us to remember because we are women, moms. And so we're, we're going to tend to not understand why they do what they do and, and you know, the ways that they do it. You're like, what, what, <laughs> why? So here's another thing that I read in that book that was so good. They said, um, the author said, that you know how when you and I will sit down for a cup of coffee and, and chat and talk and it just fills our cup, it bonds us, it brings us together. When boys wrestle, 
And even like, you know, in play, like smacking each other and just, you know, being physical with each other, it has the same bonding effect as when you and I sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk. I mean, when I read that, it it so much more made sense in the way that my boys, um, just the way the relationships worked. It was a lot of physical stuff, wrestling, a lot of competition, that kind of thing. That is all very healthy. Of course, within boundaries, we don't want them stepping over into sin and, um, you know, not treating people well, that kind of thing. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. But um, so that's how they bond. They have lots of energy that needs to be redirected. Um, They have a need to test boundaries. Um, Not only, you know, like with us, uh, actually a couple of different areas, but specifically physically, um, one of our boys described their childhood as an ongoing experiment in the laws of physics. So when it came to the things that they wanted to do, I said yes as much as I possibly could. I remember when our oldest son was maybe five, he wanted to ride off the front porch on his bike. It was only two steps down and it was gravel and the porch was only so wide so he could only get going so fast, right? And so I just thought, okay, I'm either gonna say no to this or I'm gonna say yes. And if I say yes, what are, what will the consequences be? Well, he'd probably scuff up his knees, um, you know, and so I just said, yes, you can do it. And he, of course he wanted me to watch. So (laughs) I stood there and watched and he, and he biffed it, but he didn't cry. He just got up, picked up his bike. And I said, well, did you learn anything from that? What what do you think about that? He said, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that again. But evidently he changed his mind later on. He told me this later. He didn't make me come watch this time, but he wanted to do it again until he got it right. And this is so typical for boys. They need to conquer that particular activity. They're, they're going to go back until they figure out what their boundaries are. And then of course, those are always changing as they're getting older and become more capable. And so we have to remember that that is part of their nature. Um, we have to be super careful, moms, not to let the culture dictate our, the um, how we're judging our boys. Um, we it's so important that we do not work from a place of fear. Um, as you know, I, like I said before, as much as we'd like to think that we're not being influenced by the culture's deceptive and harmful philosophies on men and boys, um, it is all around us. It is constant. It is on social media. It is on um, in movies. Um, And so we just need to be really, really aware of that. And we need to ask the Lord for wisdom to help us to not put those cultural uh, deceptive philosophies on our boys and how we respond to them. Again, as moms, we are not men and we may never completely understand them. Like the whole idea about the bonding thing, I do not understand that, but I don't have to understand it. And I do not want to make my boys to be like me. I, I just, or like a woman, like, why would I do that? It would be counterproductive. And in fact, my husband said, there's a reason that men and women are different. So when we get married, right? Cause that's usually what most of us do. Um, he said, if we were, if we were the same, one of us would be unnecessary. So together we make an incredible team. And that is because my husband has that wiring that I don't have. And I have that, the wiring that he doesn't have, that nurturing nature, the sensitivity, more of the, you know, being able to um, empathize. And we do need to teach our boys empathy, but we do not need to make them girls. Okay. So that's something that 
we just need to be careful of. Um, so that's just a, a caution, a word to the wise. Um, so here are some things to consider when it comes to aggression in boys. Um, let's talk about the physical aspects of aggression. Um, there can be a lot of reasons that they're being physically aggressive. And here are some of them. Of course, when I do a podcast episode, it is never a, you know, uh, thorough and complete study. It's just, these are things that came to mind as I was thinking about this topic. And um, just from my own experience um, with having five boys. So one of the things we do need to think about is, are our boys getting enough nutrient dense food? Um, Because the truth is, if they're eating too much sugar, they're eating dyes, I mean, crap in, crap out. That's what's going to happen. we feed them with crap, they're going to act like crap. So it can very much influence their behavior. Um, Also food allergies. Again, none of these are excuses. We want our our boys to learn self-control regardless, but it can be so much easier for them to learn that if we have removed anything that is, is clearly causing them a problem. And again, We're not looking for problems that aren't there, but we are praying for wisdom. God, is there something that he's eating, something we're feeding him that isn't agreeing with him? Um, Also, I tried to look up what it was, but I read years ago that boys developing brains need, I can't remember if it's DHA, DHEA, omega-3, omega-6. I think it's fatty acids. I'm not sure. They need more of that than girls do for their developing brains. So there's an assignment for you. You can look up what do boys' brains need. And and I would suggest don't go to like your conventional um, medical places. Um, one place, I, a couple of places that I've gotten some good information in, from, but they're not necessarily, they could be a little bit out there sometimes, but a lot of good stuff there. Dr. Axe, A-X-E, or Dr. Mercola. Um, they're definitely like, not mainstream. And you may have a favorite of yours as well that you could check with, but it is a a worthwhile venture to say, hey, maybe he needs some cod liver oil. Maybe, and again, that gets a little dicey because so many of our fish and that kind of thing are, you know, they have mercury in them and that kind of thing. So I'm not going to do that study for you, but if it's something that's piquing your interest right now and you kind of wonder about it, I would encourage you, like seek out some really good wisdom on that and some information on that um, because it can really make a difference in in how they're thinking and processing. But again, at the end of the day, if they're eating nutrient-dense food, um, you know, that's going to include some nuts, that's going to include things that have those omega-3s and omega-6s naturally, which all of your plant-based food does, not the processed stuff, but the, but the, you know, your fruits, your vegetables, um, your whole grains that, you know, organic whole grains, things like that. You're going to get a lot of pretty much what you need, what they need from that. So I want to go ahead and encourage you to pay attention to their diet. I guess at the end of the day, that's really my, my main point is you, we need to feed our kids well. We're nourishing them and nurturing them, um, not just, you know, emotionally, spiritually, educationally, but we're, we're nurturing them physically. And so we need to pay attention. Are they getting adequate sleep? Kids need a, a good amount of sleep. Again, I didn't look this up, but I believe, you know, the different age groups, there's a, there's a chart that says approximately how much sleep 
they need, which is typically a little more than most kids are getting. So, um, and this is why I loved quiet time in the afternoon too. It gave everybody a pause and a break and an opportunity to nap a little bit if they needed it. So are they getting adequate sleep? Are they getting plenty of physical exercise? This is a big deal. Trampoline and bike ride between subjects, like I met, uh, like I mentioned before. I used physical activity as a way to deal with my boys' aggression. So if, you know, one was just really like poking and prodding and teasing and just being or being physically aggressive, I'd send him outside, go stack some wood, go um, here, here's a project for you to do. You're going to rake or here's a pile of rocks. I want you to move that pile of rocks over there and you have them do it and then you have them move it back. Like it seems pointless, but it isn't pointless. There's purpose in that. The purpose is not to move the rocks. Purpose is get that aggression and that energy out. Boys process, I think, a lot better when they're physically working. Um, If I had no access to a physical job, couldn't send them outside because it was truly way too cold, we would do push-ups. They would do push-ups, not we. I didn't do them with them. I'd be like, okay, you're going to need to do 15 push-ups. They do the 15 push-ups, go back to the activity, still having problems. We're doing 15 more push-ups, okay? Um, you kind of have to think a little bit like a um, like a military sergeant, something along those lines when it comes to boys. They need those boundaries super clear, Um no gray areas, really. We need we need to keep things very, very clear. All right, let's talk about aggression. Um, when it comes to like their mental and emotional state. So it could be a physical reason that they're being aggressive. It could also be a mental or emotional reason. So, um, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention that I almost forgot, one thing you really want to do when it comes to getting ideas of how to deal with your boys and aggression in them, ask their dad. Their dad can relate to what it is that they are feeling and probably best what they need. My husband has been such a great resource when it comes to boys for that. So, um, man, go to them. And sometimes it's their ideas sound like, really, that seems, I would never do that, but do it, just do it anyway. Cause I'm telling you, my husband, he has come up with some great things and they were highly effective. I didn't expect them to be, but they were. So do that. All right. So let's talk about mental and emotional. Are they getting adequate time with you? You know, There's times we're just busy. We have busy seasons and um, this is not a guilt trip, moms. This is life. Sometimes we have busy seasons and God will allow a little red flag to come up in the form of a child acting out. Could be a boy, could be a girl, but today we're talking about boys. So as much as they are like physically, you know, they need a lot of physical outlet. They also do need adequate time with us. And especially as they get older, they're dads. Um, I still think they need dad in the younger years, but that's a little more, I feel like it's a little more our, kind of our season with them. And But as they get older, it is absolutely essential that they are spending time with dad, especially as they get into those teen years. Very, very essential. They need, they need that as part of their mental and emotional development. Um, another question about mental and emotional area. Are we asking them what's going on? Like have the conversation with them um, and do it in a calm and respectful atmosphere. And it needs to be respectful both ways. We we are respectful to them, but we also expect them to be respectful to us in that conversation. Um, but it really helps if you don't do it in the heat of the moment, you know, like maybe when they've been super aggressive, that's not the time to have that conversation. 
get things calmed down, take a pause, whatever you need to do, have them go out and ride their bike or whatever, and then have that conversation or take a walk with them where you're actually doing something or have them work alongside of you in something really physical. And then ask them questions about, hey, I've noticed you've been more aggressive lately. I mean, you're yanking your brother by his, you know, his hood just randomly um, and kind of being pushy. Like what's going on? Is there something going on? I mean, it could be anything from there's an unresolved issue in that relationship. There's bitterness that has built up and there, and there's a conversation that needs to happen. Guys just aren't as relational. And so we had, that's one thing we can actually teach them um, because we obviously want them to have that conqueror leader nature, but it needs to, we all, they also need to learn relational skills because eventually they're going to be married more than likely have kids and they need to be able to relate in a healthy way. And so we can talk about that. Like, okay, are you mad at your brother for something that's happened today or something in the past? Is there some, something there that some reason that he drives you crazy and you do that? Why, you know, why can you tell me the why, why do you tend to do that? What makes you do that? Again, not an excuse, but just like there's something going on here. Can you explain it? And sometimes it is literally nothing. It's just impulsive. And again, this is a time we can learn some self-control. Like I think that sometimes I get notes from moms and they're very concerned because their boys are physical and they're immediately thinking, you know, serial killer, Oh, they love weapons. Um, This could be a really bad thing. They're kind of aggressive and they like weapons. You guys don't do that. Just don't. Okay. You know, God's word says something about, um, I phrase it as not borrowing trouble. Um, The Bible phrases it as vain imaginations. Let's not let the enemy get a foothold. Okay. Our family belongs to God. God is leading us as we're parenting. Our children are not perfect and that's why we're parenting them, right? So when we see something and we don't know what to do, we pray, Lord, give me wisdom. Show me if this is actually a problem or not. Like I wanna be wise and I wanna address it if it and address it in a, in a healthy way that's not going to make the child feel already like they're a criminal. Come on, I, this has happened so much with boys where, I'll give you an example. We moved into town. We had moved off of 21 acres where our youngest son grew up from the time he was a year old. We'd lived on property his entire life. And we moved to the city and he was out laying on the grass and he had this rusty old, completely non-functioning rifle. And he was just playing and pretending and shooting. And the neighbor called the police. Seriously? So the police come to our door and they kind of start to give a shakedown. And Silas, we know now, is um, on the autism spectrum. My husband just said, stop. I mean, he stopped the officer and said, that's enough. You've, you've spoke, he gets it. He understands what you're saying, but it's very, especially for a kid on the autism spectrum, but even just a kid who isn't like that's, that can like make them feel like they're already a criminal and they're not. And, and we have to do a lot of recon in those situations to convince them some of, some of those kids, not all of them, but you know, it depends on their age. If they're, if they're not, haven't hit that age of logic, it's a lot harder for them to recover from that. Whereas they get older and you're like, listen, this was overdone. This was over, over the top. Cause I mean, 
it was just unnecessary. It was just so stupid. And so these are the kinds of things our boys are dealing with. And we don't want to stop them from being boys because we're afraid of those situations, obviously. We just need to kind of keep the direction uh, going in a good place. Like if they really do like guns, well, let's figure out how we can get them to learn more about them, how to use them safely, a gun safety class. I mean, let's not just say no, sorry, you know, because we're afraid. You know, and this can be our tendency as women. So we need to be careful with that. Again, go to your husband, ask him what he thinks and move forward in agreement together. So another mental and emotional thing, are we encouraging them and respecting their nature as boys? Okay. Um, Are they feeling useful? Are we giving them opportunities to make decisions and give input on things? So we're giving them little chances from the time they're very young to give their input. And we're saying then that what they have to offer is valuable. Like they're smart and we want to hear their ideas. That's what we want to encourage. So um, a lot of times if something would break in the house, the dishwasher or something, I would ask the boys, like, what do you think? This is what's happening. This is what isn't working. Do you have any ideas on how to fix this? Just to get them talking and problem solving. And at the end of the day, the purpose was to build confidence in their ability to problem solve. Even if we didn't get the problem solved and we ended up having to call the, you know, the repair guy. That's not the point. The point is we want our boys to believe that we respect them and to give them opportunities to have a leadership position, even if it's just, you know, hey, I want to know your opinion on this, you know. Um, Again, dialing them into their schoolwork. This is another thing that I love to do is just to say, hey, listen, we're going to do this this year. Um, You've got to do language arts, right? That's that's not a, it's not up for uh, debate. So um, here's our, here are a few options. What do you think? Would you rather do this? Would you rather do this? Would you rather, do, you know, so letting them in on the process. And of course I did this with the girls too, but I found that especially with the boys, I think almost at a younger age, sometimes they really wanted me to ask. So I'm respecting them as men, as people, as, you know, people who can make a decision or have some good input on things. Um, I thought they were hilarious. So the boy things that they did, I would just belly laugh at, you know, where some moms would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. You know, what a stupid thing to do. Don't do that. Do not do that. We can have a conversation if they did do something stupid and say, wow, well, what do you think? Do you think now that that was a good idea? I mean, I know before you thought it was. Do you think, it, do you, now do you think it is? And if they go, oh yeah, I still think it's a good idea. Well, really? Why is that? Tell me why. And just ask questions. Like, do you see the potential for this happening? What do you think about this? You know, again, I'm um, stirring up ownership of the decision-making process, but I'm also saying, hey, I think what you have to say is worth listening to. So I talked a lot about how great boys were. I talked a lot about how um, I loved how different boys and girls are and how much I was learning and did learn from my boys. Um, it was just such a great experience. And so I've always said that. And so I think my boys have always known that I respect them. And I, I think I mentioned this in another podcast episode, our 24-year-old son um, married with a baby, lives next door. Uh, he was doing some work in our basement and he comes upstairs and he goes, mother, you know, which he doesn't usually call me mother. Um, that 
that made it even funnier. He goes, mother, come and marvel at my work. And honestly, moms, at the end of the day, they just want us to marvel at the things that they've done. Wow, that is so cool. I could never do that. You know, say things like that. Oh my gosh, I would be so scared to do something like that. You guys, you have no idea what those little short sentences do for those boys. Um, So... And then also I realize we go through uh, sometimes when we're frustrated a lot with them and we need to be careful that we are acknowledging when they have done something right. Look for something good, something that you can say that is positive. All right, so aggression, uh, maybe spiritual reasons for um, aggression or spiritual ways to approach aggression. Um, I think we need to remember that we're in the midst of character formation And that this is a process. Now, we are not creating the character in our kids. We are looking for the opportunity to hone in on and teach what good character is. At the end of the day, our kids have to make the decision. And so we want to continue to encourage encourage our kids and recognize those sometimes negative situations as opportunities to engage in that character formation process. And again, this is a process. I like to say it happens through many situations and many, many conversations and moments of encouragement along the way, even just acknowledging like when they've done something right, you know, some of the things I mentioned just a little while ago, just a lot of that all along the way is what forms helps to form the character in our kids. It's great to read books also about real men, okay? Not weenies, real men who had great character and great courage. I love the YWAM series. There's a, oh my gosh, there's probably, I think there's at least 40 biographies and a a lot of them are men. There's women in there too, but um, I think it's important to, uh, expose them to men like Dietrich Bonhoeffer and David Livingstone and Hudson Taylor. Um, the, the courage and the bravery, I think, is just so important for our boys to be exposed to. Pray with them. You know, I mean, especially if something seems to be an ongoing struggle and an ongoing conversation about a struggle. Take the time to stop and pray with them and just let it be a sweet time of inviting the Lord to do the work that only he can do and and being thankful for our sons and their um and and their natures. You know, we can do all of that in a prayer um and ask and again asking the Lord to intervene and to work on their behalf and to give them strength and help them to do what's right. Um because that as God answers their prayers, it's going to build their faith. Um simple lessons along the way on treating others the way you want to be treated. And again, this is teaching empathy. I would say things like, listen, um, if you were him, you were in this situation, how would you want you to react? Like what would be the ideal response that you would want? So it's putting yourself, putting themselves in someone else's shoes. And this is something is hard for boys a lot of times. Not all boys, depends on their personality. But the particularly strong personalities struggle with that. And so it doesn't matter which personality they have, that needs to be something that is engaged and um, sometimes takes more to develop depending again on the personality. But we do want them 
to be able to empathize. We do want them to be able to stop and think about whether they're treating others the way that they want to be treated. I used to say to my boys, listen, you just, you know, you, I want you to stop and think about how you were treating your brother. Like, would you treat your best friend that way? You know, would you, would you do that? And they look at me and they're like, no. I said, then don't treat your brother that way because he is, um, he is a friend as well. And he, you know, a lot of our friends are going to come and they're going to go, but he's going to be your brother for life or she's going to be your sister for life. I would also talk to them about like how they're treating their sisters. You know, this is training ground for how they're going to treat their wives and how they're going to treat women in general. Again, don't panic. Don't go into vain imaginations, but take those opportunities to temper those situations um, to reflect how you would want to see your son treat his wife. Um, So anyway, these are just a few uh, tips, some things to think about, reflect on, pray about, and just ask the Lord to bring back to your mind, and maybe you already know the things that he sort of highlighted throughout this episode. Um, But I do want to say, you know, at the end of the day, again, using physical work to help with aggression can be so helpful. I used to have an ongoing list of things. Again, it doesn't have to be necessarily a productive thing as long as it's just a thing. If you have to buy a bag of rocks and put it in your backyard so that they have to move the, you know, he has to move the pile over here and then back again, do that. Like it, because there's a purpose in that. And, um, but we can do things along the way, but keep that ongoing list. So you always have something to look at immediately. Okay, you need to go out and do this. Um, you know, as you see things that need heavy lifting or moving or whatever, write them down and save them for when you're needing to do this with your boys. Um, and again, along the way, have them help with heavy lifting. Look, they can bring in the groceries, right? Oh man, this bag is so heavy. Could you take this in for me? Wow, look at those muscles, man. Thank you for doing that. I was just a little too heavy for me. Things like that. Um, even if you can do it yourself, let them do it. Encourage them to open the door for you. Encourage them to, um, again, do this heavy lifting that you could do, but just let them do it. Um, The one thing that you need to bear in mind, I just read this today, um, that when boys are doing a task, they tend to use more gray matter when they're completing tasks, while girls tend to use more white matter. And what does that mean? Because boys are using more gray matter, they tend to gravitate towards highly highly task-focused projects, while girls tend to be more efficient at multitasking because they are using more white matter. So expecting our boys to tackle things the same way that we would or the girls would is going to be counterproductive, probably disappointing, and very discouraging for you and for your son. So when we read this highly task-focused project, I think... Um, this is something to remember when we're homeschooling them. Like turn those 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 assignments into a highly task-focused project. This is why I think boys, well, girls do too, but kids in general tend to do really well with project-based, project-based learning. And so um, I just would encourage you to look a little more into that for your boys if you think that might be something that would be helpful for them. And lastly, like cast a vision for their future. So um, I would say to them, you know, when they're not treating their sister well, is that how you plan on treating your wife? And they usually looked at me like, no, okay, 
then don't treat your sister that way because this is, you're practicing. You're practicing on your sister as to how you're going to treat your wife or your children. If you had a little girl, would you do that to her? No. Okay. Then don't do that to your sister. So we want to be continually talking about their future, not continually, but frequently talking about their future. Like, oh, you know, someday you're going to be a husband and you're going to be a dad or you're going to be you're going to have a really good job and you're going to need to know how to be a good hard worker. And so what we're doing here, whatever situation it is, this is how that's going to prepare you. It's going to have you ready for that so that you do an amazing job and your boss is really happy with you. So it's just a matter of of helping them see, oh, I'm not always going to be a kid. Someday I'm going to be an adult and gosh, I can practice now for the future. And so we do want our boys and our kids to do that. Um, so uh, hopefully some of that was helpful. Um, can I just say, I love boys. I said before, I have learned so much from our boys. It's been a great, great experience and it actually continues to be a great experience. When I was in Denver, I got to spend a few days with our oldest son. He is moving here really soon, but we just had three days, just him and me and oh, such a wonderful young man. I mean. All of our boys, I just love our conversations. I love the friendship that we have. I love the mutual respect that is there. And this is important for us as moms to remember that the respect has to go both ways. Um, You know, how you treat your son and how you respond to him is teaching him how women are allowed to treat him. So if we demean our boys and we treat them like they're stupid, Um, We send a message that their ideas are dumb. They're going to, without even realizing it, probably be attracted to a woman who does the same. So I want you to picture as you're dealing with your son or sons, how would you want his wife to treat them? Now, again, there's a boundary. There's a limit there because you are mom. You are not the wife. But you kind of get the idea that it helps you sort of temper some of the tendency to be overly critical or to use words um, that are maybe less critical, um, maybe directive, but still encouraging. I love the fact, you know, things like I, you know, I love the fact that you wanted to do this task for me. um, And maybe they just, (laughs) they didn't do it. It it didn't work out well. You know, you can just still encourage them and say, look, I appreciate you taking the initiative. That's another thing we want to encourage in them is taking initiative. I appreciate that so much. So, Um, It didn't quite all work out, but that's okay. Um, Is there something you would do differently next time? Or, you know, let me help you clean up this mess or whatever. So uh, hopefully you get the idea. Um, I'm going to wrap this up because this is getting too long. But love those boys. Enjoy those boys. Don't be afraid of their aggression. Just redirect it. Get some some direction from the Lord and definitely from your husband. Um, Your boys are going to be awesome. So... Uh, Now, before we close, I also want to remind you to check out Homeschooling Today magazine, my favorite magazine. I write two articles for it every quarter. They have a digital version and a hard copy version, and I always get the hard copy because I like to keep them. Hang on to them forever because you'll go back to them and refer to them over and over again. So I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to check them out if you haven't already. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for these boys. What a blessing they are. Thank you for making them the way that you have made them. And even though we sometimes get frustrated, I ask that you would give us eyes to see our boys the way you see them. Give us a better understanding of their natures and how to uh, wisely 
direct them. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to raise these men of God, these warriors, these leaders, Father. Um, These right here, these kids coming up are going to change the world. I know it because there are so many more homeschooling families out there striving and want to please you, God, and want to raise these boys for you. Would you just pour out a blessing on them, fill their homes with your peace and your presence, give them discernment and wisdom, and may these boys grow up to love and serve you wholeheartedly. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. 